Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Gross, and I am here with a very special guest, my man Justice, the Twitter operator from Built in Buffalo Network. He also has his own podcast, is joining me today. Justice, how you doing, man? Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Uh, thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I, I wanted to have you on. Um, as many people as I could, things didn't work out uh, with some of the other people, but the big topic, I think it's been big in, in Bill's Mafia recently, but I think it might, it might be bigger in our in our Built in Buffalo Twitter chat than even <laughs> in Bill's Mafia, and that is the raging debate between uh, whether or not to bring in Zach Ertz and how people feel about Dawson Knox. So I guess I should really just start with, how do you feel about Dawson Knox? Uh, Dawson Knox is, is kind of, to me, I, I, I think that Brandon Bean has a type. You know what I mean? He has a, guys who aren't super polished, but they have a lot of raw talent and they have uh, ability to be something special one day, but they don't have all the pieces together yet, i.e. Josh Allen, Tyler Bass, uh, you know, guys like Devin Singletary to me, uh, and Dawson Knox. Um, I feel like, of course, you know, we all know he didn't play tight end, you know, for very long. So um, I think that he's still new to the process, but I think that he has a lot of the traits that an elite tight end has or would need. So uh, I think that if he puts it all together, he can be something special. So I like Dawson Knox. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm glad you brought up the point of the Bills have a type because I think you can trace that back, um, you know, maybe not to the first one when Brandon Bean wasn't here yet, when that was a Doug Whaley scouted draft. And, uh, you know, McDermott was kind of calling the shots behind the scenes. But ever since Brandon Bean's been here, yeah, I mean, they have a type, right? You can even cite Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Cody Ford, Greg Rousseau. Uh, I forget Spencer. Spencer, what's his face? The offensive. Brown. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, he's like a project. The Bill Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver's never played three tech before, and and just he's never played one tech either. He plays he played nose tackle in college. Everyone's like, oh, one tech. No, he didn't play one tech. He didn't play three tech. He played nose tackle. But anyway, to the point, they like project players, you know. So. For me, I'm kind of like, well, why is everybody surprised <laughs> about Dawson Knox? Like, the guy's a project. Like, I, I call him the Josh Allen of tight ends. Absolutely. So, so I, I don't like – there's so many different ways I want to approach this conversation, but I guess I'm wondering why Dawson Knox, right? And maybe that's a question that you and I can't answer. We'd have to have somebody else on the show. But there's other guys, like, who, to be fair – are still developing? Like why suddenly do we all like up in arms about Dawson Knox? Um, I think that people are uh, excited. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when JJ Watt was there, like that to be had, there was a, a big like fraction of the community that was just like, Oh, JJ Watt, forget Mario Addison, release Jerry Hughes, like do whatever you have to do to go get JJ Watt. And obviously that was a bit unrealistic to, for people to think that we were going to release Jerry Hughes or anything like that. But they, the excitement of having the possibility of having a big name in Buffalo, I think really turns people on. Um, so I think that that was why Dawson Knox was all of a sudden put on the hot seat. 
Yeah, I call it like the Madden effect, you know. Like you're playing Madden, you're like, oh man, I can trade yeah. for this guy. I can trade right. for this guy. <laughs> you know, I can get 17 first round draft picks because I'm the GM of all these teams. You know, so um, so how do you so how do you feel then um, about the Bills potentially bringing in Zach Ertz? I feel like if the price is right, I wouldn't mind it. I know that Bean probably has his value that he set on Zach Ertz, and he's not really willing to go you know, above that, which is something that I really admire about Brandon Bean, which is why I think that he's a great GM and is uh, doing the things that he's done in such a short period of time. Uh, However, uh, like I said, for the right price. And I think that that's what he's sticking to is the right price. And um, I personally believe that he can come in and be a big help to the development of Dawson Knox. Teach Dawson Knox some things that, you know, he may necessarily not, not have known before because, I mean, Lee Smith isn't, a great tight end or he never has really been a great tight end. Uh, Tyler Croft isn't necessarily somebody who you would expect to, you know, mentor somebody into the right way to playing tight end. Although he was somewhat reliable for us. Um, I think that having Zach Ertz come in and, you know, teaching Dawson Knox how to actually play the game and, you know, you know, little nuances that a great tight end might know. Uh, I think that that could be positive for Dawson Knox going forward in his development so that he could one day be a great tight end. Yeah, I, I'm a very staunch um, non-advocate of Zach Ertz, which I'm sure you know. The listeners might not know. Uh, <clears throat> and part of it's the price tag. Uh, I, I, know, I recognize that they've been trying to bring in this type of a veteran to help Dawson Knox. And like you mentioned, like Tyler Croft, not exactly maybe what they were looking for, but I think that's the tough thing is because with Knox being so far behind in reps, just like Josh Allen is like, he needs reps. And, you know, I don't want to put a guy out there who's just falling flat on his face and doing whatever. And I don't think that that's how, Dawson Knox is so I get like that benefit to Zach Ertz and I get the benefit that he's a veteran uh he's won a Super Bowl he he definitely knows how to get open I just kind of counterbalance that with okay but he's nowhere near the athlete that Dawson Knox is you know so so there's pluses and minuses to each player and I just kind of feel like they almost cancel each other out because I don't want it to come in. And, and, you know, Knox got 44 targets last year. You got Hollister here now as well. You know, the tight end room didn't get a lot of targets. And one of the things that I think people say is, okay, well, you know, Knox has got to earn targets. Well, from where I, I, you know what I mean? Like, let's just go. You're not, are you, are you earning targets away from Stefan Diggs? No. Are you going to earn targets away from Cole Beasley? No. Are you going to earn targets away from Emmanuel Sanders? This is a guy who's averaged like 92 targets the last three years. He's won one, maybe two Super Bowls playing with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. He's not just a guy. So, and then you go down and you've got Gabe Davis, who scored seven touchdowns last year. It's probably the best Bills wide receiver in terms of the sideline. He dropped three other touchdown passes. So, like, yep. where are these targets coming from that, that Dawson Knox is or, – or Zach Ertz, for that matter? It, it, where are they taking him from? Like, Isaiah McKenzie? I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't – like, where – I don't – okay, he has to earn targets, but 
where's where are they coming from? And I don't even know what that means. Like, if he's open and he's the only one open, is Josh going to be like, well, I don't think he's earned this target, so I'm not going <laughs> to throw him the football. Like, what does that even mean? That's what I don't understand is like – and this is going to lead me to a bigger point later that I'll ask you later because um, I'm not sure what a finger quotes breakout season would look like, you know, <laughs> from Dawson Knox based on what I said because – Fans are going to want to see stats, right? Like if, if he has the same amount of targets that he had this year, but it, his stats go up a little bit, you know, his touchdowns go up a little bit. And, and at the end of the year, some of us are like, oh, man, like pretty good year. He kind of broke out. I think some fans aren't going to f- look at it as a breakout unless it's like 70 catches, 900 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And in this offense, the way it's structured, I don't see how Dawson Knox is ever even going to come close to getting those targets. I don't know what you, I know. I said a lot there. I'm sorry. What are your thoughts about about any of that stuff? No, you're good. I think a reliable. I'm sorry. I think a, a breakout season for Dawson Knox would look like a reliable one, where where you you look at what he has on paper and you look at what you've seen, you know, in the eye test, and you say, okay, Dawson Knox was reliable every time. Josh, you know, he needed Josh needed him in a big moment because Tyler Croft was what I would call reliable. He caught a couple game winning touchdown passes. You know, he was usually reliable in the red zone. Uh, he, he was a big part of the red zone offense, honestly. So I think that if, if we got that from Dawson Knox, I feel like that what you add the athleticism and everything that he can do and all the benefits you have to Dawson Knox, who could, in my opinion, potentially be a superstar. I really have high hopes for Dawson Knox, but um, if, if he's reliable this year where, you know, he's con- Consistent, catches the ball, uh, you know, makes smart decisions. I think that that would say, okay, he's about to, you know, he can be great. And, you know, uh, and I think maybe earning more targets could look like maybe Josh taking more chances with throwing him the ball in his direction when maybe he's not necessarily wide open. And and he says, okay, I know Dawson will go get that football for me. So I think maybe that's what that could mean, although I've never necessarily heard that term. Uh, but that's what that's what a breakout season to me for Dawson Knox would look like in this offense because, like you, you mentioned, there's not going to be – you know, an absorbent amount of opportunity for him. So uh, just just be reliable. That's that's all I really need for my tight end. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. And I, when I had Joe Marino on, like, we kind of said the same thing. Like, he might not get more than 50 targets. So a question of, okay, you know, the drop rate, which was 20, 20% his first year. He dropped it down to 9% last year. And I think that in his last eight ga- nine games, and this is something Joe Marino talked about, I don't think he had a drop pass in the, his last nine games, including the playoffs. So I'm not saying you just run the guy out there and, and just hope, hope and pray and whatever, but at the same time, like, there's a lot of things that we're, like, hoping, right? We're hoping Ed Oliver takes a step. We're hoping Stars' return helps Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds. We hope Tremaine Edmonds uh, gets a little better at, at uh, reading the play. We hope that Matt Milano stays healthy. We hope that Josh Allen doesn't regress. Uh, you know, we hope that Stephon Diggs doesn't get hurt. We hope that the middle of the Bills offensive line, John Feliciano can figure out a way to pass block. Like, there's a lot of things that we're hoping for. So people on Twitter will say, well, hope's not a plan. Okay, but there's like 10 things that if you take the entirety of the Bills team that we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's not exclusive to Dawson Knox. And, and I just don't, you know, like, and like you said, it's because Zach Ertz is available and, and people are real excited. And I'm just like, 
I don't know. I'm real. I just don't understand the hype, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, because I wish like, I guess I wish all, all, all situations would be treated the same. I know that's like a pipe dream because fans are fanatics and that's just the, that's just the way, the way it goes. So um, I think for me personally, Zach Ertz, the whole thing is, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like, you look at you take a look at what Josh did his sophomore year. Now I know that people like to say that Josh was bad his sophomore year, whatever. But he had John Brown as his number one receiver, um, and he had a stretch of nine games where he didn't throw a single interception, where he was crowned like the turnover king. So that was major progression already in his second season, and and he led his team to a 10-win season playoff berth, which had never been done in this century for the Bills, so you're like, okay, he's still not a good quarterback. I beg to differ, but okay, especially because I could see all the talent that he had, a lot like Dawson Knox, so I feel like when you added Stefan Diggs to the roster, it like just blew up, um, and, and Stefan Diggs was reliable. He was ultra-talented. Uh, and he was able to just break open like a whole bunch of games. I, I think that Zach Ertz can come in and do the same thing to a lesser degree, because I feel like if you if Josh has that safety blanket there in the middle of the field, I think that that boosts his confidence even more than it already has. I, I feel like, you know, he's not so eager to, to take a lot of uh, chances. I feel like, you know, him or Cole Beasley is kind of that right now. Like I heard Josh allude to Cole Beasley being the virtual running game because he's just, you know, that short yardage stuff. And if he can get a little extra, then that's awesome too. Uh, But I think that having Zach Ertz, a guy who is a big body in the middle of the field, he's strong, tough, you know, he's a veteran. He can find the, the, the holes, the soft spots in the zone. Uh, I think that that can be absolutely huge for Josh. And I think that that just that small part of the the game can give Josh the boost that he needs to take even a bigger step, uh, you know, in, in the coming year. So I feel like that's kind of the value I see Zach Ertz potentially bringing to the team. Yeah. And I like that point. And that might be the point that makes the most sense to me is sure. You're, you're, Josh may be more willing to, you know, not hold the ball quite as long all the time if he feels like right. he has somebody in that, that area of the field who is more reliable. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and, if, and if the organization is certainly thinking that way, then I can certainly understand that train of thought. I will say credit to Dawson Knox is I think that he realizes that as well. I don't know how many people know this, but he is, uh, he's supposed to attend the tight end university as, as they call it, which uh, I believe George Kittle and Travis Kelsey is organizing. And if you don't know what the tight end university is there, it started, I believe as defensive end university. It's something that Von Miller had organized and then offensive linemen found out about it and did their offensive line university as a counter and now tight ends have this tight end university, and it's basically just a place to go, share ideas, share techniques, um, get better. And I will say the other thing, too, that I believe right now as we're recording this, my understanding is that Dawson Knox is actually out by himself with Josh Allen. 
uh, you know, working on getting their chemistry together, uh, learning how to, uh, what Josh likes to see in terms of, you know, receivers and when they turn their head back to him and, and trying to get more on the on page with each other as well, which, which can only benefit. Uh, my, I guess my, my thing that I'm kind of stuck on is, okay, you bring in Ertz. I just kind of wonder about Knox and his development because Ertz is probably a one-year guy, right? I think he's got one year left in his contract. You're hoping Knox is the future. So does bringing in a guy like Ertz, it, it'll help Knox – Sure, like like he learned from a veteran, but will it hurt him in a way as well? It's simply because he's not going to get as many targets. He's not going to get as many reps. I don't know. I guess that's just what I'm really stuck on. I feel like uh, our offense is so, like, high-powered that, you know, Ertz isn't going to obviously be able to play every single snap. And having Ertz come in and, you know, make plays and Dawson kind of, you know, just analyzing his game and he comes in as a replacement and he can, you know, make a lot of this because obviously like you alluded to, he's a lot more athletic and he's probably a a bigger playmaker. Um, Just some of the catches he has is like absolutely ridiculous. And then he will drop the easy ones from time to time. So it's kind of just like um, that, that, that dilemma you have with him. But if he, is able to come in, like I said, our, our offense is very high powered at every single spot on the field. You have a threat to worry about. There's no weak point, you know, because Gabe Davis would probably be our lowest ranking receiver who's going to see the field, which that is probably a, a number two receiver on most teams. Um, so uh, I, I think that it, I, I see your point. I, I agree. But I also love the fact that Dawson is young and that he kind of grew up with Josh. Uh, they're, you know, growing up together. Uh, I feel like that can be beneficial to his progress because he, he watched Josh take the next step. He watched Josh's confidence go through the ceiling. Uh, and he, you know, recognizes, like you said, you know, he's the Josh Allen of tight ends. I'd see it the exact same way. And I think that him seeing his quarterback who was once, you know, trashed and bullied and everything you could think of thrown at him saying he shouldn't even be a quarterback in his league watching him turn into the most physically gifted and one of the best quarterbacks in the league I think that that can be huge for Dawson's confidence um going forward and then getting on the same page with that superstar over there it, it can turn him into a superstar potentially going forward as well uh so I'm ex- I'm excited about Dawson Knox honestly um and I, I think that he's going to be good for him going forward I think that this season you know we are in Super Bowl contention so Overall, I think Zach Ertz will probably be good for that purpose. Right. And, and I think, like, I, I'm not a big fan of the, okay, well, here's our winning window. We've, you know, like, because I feel like if you big a, build a good team, you'll just be good. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. pa- you know, I, Patriots obviously are, are an outlier, like, but still, they were just good. You know, like the, the Colts, they were just good. Pittsburgh, they've just been good. Like, I don't think Pittsburgh ever was like, well, you know, this is our year. This is our, you know, like they had Ben Roethlisberger. They had a 12, 14-year window. Same thing with the Saints, with Drew Brees. So, but I, I do see what you're saying in terms of, you know, getting as much ammunition as possible. Um, I guess I will say, too, uh, the one thing, too, I guess Dawson Knox has also hired a hand-eye coordination yeah. coach. So, you know, for those of you, I think, so I really like to your point that he is like, like we credit Josh Allen so much for 
making himself into what he is. You know, the coaches can only do so much, you know, and, and he's taken the steps with Jordan Palmer and Dawson Knox. And now seems like he said, okay, I've got to take it upon myself. I've got to do what Josh did in the off season to find a way to get better and to emerge the way Josh has. And I think I give Dawson Knox a lot of credit because a lot of guys want to enjoy their off season, which is their right. You know, they want to do whatever they want to do. Like far be it for me to, to criticize, but to, that's got to be impressive for uh, Brandon Bean, Brian Dable to see Dawson Knox putting in that extra work as well. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, he, he's been everything you hear out of the Dawson Knox camp has been very encouraging. Um, and that just makes me more excited, you know, about him because I, I, for, for some reason, there's not very many Bills fans who see his potential. Uh, there's a lot of people who actually are just like team get rid of Dawson Knox. And I really don't understand it because if you watch some of the plays Dawson Knox makes, it's absolutely spectacular. And and I say, okay, if that's his ceiling, that's a very, very high ceiling. And if you look at the team that, you know, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have put in Buffalo, the environment, the culture, everybody's developing rapidly. So why can't Dawson Knox develop? You know what I mean? And, and he hasn't even had the luxury of time like most of these guys have had. He is just thrown right into the fire at Ole Miss, and he didn't catch you – know, I think you, you just said uh, he didn't catch any touchdown passes. So he uh, – you know what I mean? Like, he, he hasn't even had his fair shake, in my opinion. So for him to be in that very limited role, um, I think he's done a solid job at, as a Buffalo Bill thus far. And that's one of the weird things, I think, about the fans, you know, is everyone wants to give Josh Allen, like, oh, like, give him some time. <clears throat> you know, same thing with Tremaine Edmonds, right? Like, oh, oh, give him some time. You know, at Oliver, like, oh, give him some time. But then you get certain players and the fans are just like, no, nah, man, not interested. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the only thing I can figure out, and I, I think I said this, is it's, it's a psychological thing. I, I think it's psychological to Josh Allen. I think that there's a segment of the fans that is so in love with Josh Allen that anyone, even people on the team who do things that affect Josh negatively, like dropping passes, people aren't going to like him because they're like making Josh look bad or like whatever that yeah. is you know people oh, want to get rid of yeah like you want to get rid of motor singletary after the one drop in kansas city yeah because you notice it never happens with guys on defense it's only offensive guys where they're like oh man uh you, you josh is balling out man uh, you didn't help him we got to get rid of you yeah. so I, I think there's something to that but yeah you're right there's like a segment of fans who are just like i don't know if there's like anything that Dawson Knox could ever do, right? Like to get these people on board. Like, I don't, I don't know what he has to do, you know? Yeah. I, I think he's a, a special talent. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm all on the, the Dawson Knox bandwagon. Um, I think that even having Jacob Hollister in the, in the room will, will help him honestly. So I think that he's on his way. I'm, I'm very confident in that. Yeah. And I, I, I do like, like, you've got two guys who are familiar with Josh, you know, right. like he was saying, like we and me and Hollister already know, like 
you know, each other, what we're going to do, that kind of thing, because we play together in college. Like, I think that that's important. I'm not saying Zach Ertz couldn't learn that. You know, obviously he's a veteran. He'll get it, but you already have two guys that, that know Josh very well. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just feel like it's a luxury, you know, at this point. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> For sure. I think uh, we, I've said this before the draft. We didn't really have any holes, per se. Um, I think that our weakest spots on the entire team were the offensive line and the defensive line, which, you know, after doing an analyzation of the draft, I came to realize, okay, that's probably where Brandon Bean's mind was at going into the draft. That's why you, you grab two defensive linemen, two offensive linemen, big, huge athletic guys. So it, it kind of made sense from that standpoint. Um, but I don't think that tight end is a whole, I don't think we need to necessarily I, I think we could upgrade, but I don't think we need to upgrade. Yeah, I would agree. And, and yeah, I went into the draft, you know, wanting like, a, you know, a big nickel. I wanted a cornerback. And, but, yeah, you know, looking back at it, I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. Like, you know, you want as many pass rushers as possible. Like, you want to get some more offensive linemen. So, it definitely made sense. And that's, I guess, last thing before we move on uh, a little bit from the Dawson Knox is, that was kind of my other point. It, you know, if the Bills are so adamant about getting better at tight end, why did they sign Emmanuel Sanders? Couldn't they have used that money to go after John U. Smith or Hunter Henry, you know, yeah. and, like, structure the contract so that they'd fit? You know what I mean? But, like, if, if they wanted that tight end, why didn't they just go after that guy? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're still focused in on the wide receiver position as their, their, you know, their main offensive ingredient. Yeah, I think they believe in a Dawson Knox and a Dane Jackson uh, and a Levi Wallace more than they lead the public to believe. Yeah, I think that that's, that's fair. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every time I have somebody on the podcast, we take a little bit of a break uh, from the Bills talk, and – I, you know, I get their uh, perspective, whether it's writing, podcasting, any of that stuff, um, you know, how you get into it, any tips for anybody. And you're a little bit of a jack of all trades. You, you do some edits uh, for Built in Buffalo. You're, you're the Twitter guy. You got a podcast going on. You got a lot of stuff going on. So if somebody's out there looking to get into any of the areas where, where you, you do work for Built in Buffalo, what would you tell someone? Is it just networking, uh, you know, working on, on their craft? What, what, what advice do you have for anybody? Uh, for me personally, I just, I love talking about football. Like I love talking about the bills. Uh, before it was a content thing for me, I was searching YouTube to find every single molecule of conversation that any, uh, you know, national broadcaster, any beat writer, any, uh, you know, Steve Tasker and, and Chris Brown, anybody. I was looking to see what people were saying about the Bills, especially after we became like a good football team. Um, so I was giving my opinions on Twitter, um, you know, posting videos. And uh, I, you know, came and got introduced to, you know, Bills Mafia, the, the whole Internet or Twitter you know, side of it. Um, obviously, I knew about Bill's Mafia, but like Bill's Twitter was like totally thing I didn't even know about. I didn't know existed. Uh, so, you know, Dave kind of saw 
you know, what I was doing. And he, he, uh, DM three, you know, Dave Myers, he, I guess he, you know, he wanted to revamp his Twitter page and, you know, for me, it was just an opportunity to do something that I already like doing, uh, you know, help to build a brand and, you know, it, it ended up building my own brand as well. So, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, just, <laughs> I, I guess the, if, the best advice I could give would be to share your opinion, you know, don't think that because people are going to disagree with you that it's not worth sharing, share your opinion, have reasoning and logic to back it up. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, just <laughs> go for it, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you just kind of put your work out there in a way, yeah. you know, and maybe not even like intentionally, you know what I mean? Like you were just doing something you like to do right. um, and sharing, sharing that with, with people and somebody noticed. You and you, you know what else? Actually, uh, he, he gave me like a test, if you will. <laughs> um, he, he asked me, he said, hey, can you edit a video for me? And I was like, oh, well, okay, sure. Um, he asked me to, to edit uh, top 15 Josh Allen uh, plays from last season. So uh, I went ahead and I did that. I had never edited a video before in my entire life. Really? And I, I learned how to edit the video. Um, and that was my first video. It isn't great, but it was like, you know, my first attempt for, it was pretty decent, you know, and he liked it, put it up on the YouTube page. Um, I'm thinking I'm like 10 videos deep now. I've, you know, been editing more videos. Uh, I, I've never edited a photo in my life before uh, I got with Built in Buffalo. Now I edit photos pretty much 10 times a day, you know? So uh, yeah, man, it, it, it just, if you feel like you don't know something, it just, it's, it's kind of, it goes with the process of growth. So, you know, don't worry too much about it. You know, you'll always have time to learn and get good at things. And plus nobody's expecting you to be perfect, you know, off the jump. So yeah, man, just, just like I said, believe in yourself uh, and just put your work out there. Sounds like you're uh, embracing your growth mindset. Absolutely. Trusting the process. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about trusting the process. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before I let you go, um, I know it's early. I know it's June, but you're a member of the mafia, a passionate member of the mafia. What's your, I don't know if maybe you're, it's already set in stone for you. What's your feelings on, you know, the bills record, you know, do they, do they win the super bowl? Do they go to the super bowl? What, what's your, what's your feeling at this moment in time anyway? I feel like this is the year of culmination. I feel like it's been a long, hard journey. And, uh, you know, Sean McDermott, I, I have no reason to look down. You know what I mean? Like, Sean McDermott comes in four years, makes the playoff three times. The last umpteen head coaches for the Buffalo Bills, none of them could do it once. For 17 seasons straight, not one person could make the playoff. Sean McDermott chose up to Buffalo, does it three times in four years. And the first, the one year he didn't make it was strictly because he had a zero offensive line and a rookie quarterback. Uh, then you also have Brian Dable. Brian Dable wasn't great at all Josh's rookie year. He was actually quite bad, and a lot of people wanted him gone. Uh, his second year, he, he improves. 
you get a 10-win season, you know, offense doesn't lose your games. The defense obviously ran a show, but the offense, you know, they were they were serviceable. Brian Dable improved. Third year, he just let it all hang out. Uh, he was, well, I think he was the coordinator, coordinator of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he had a ridiculous season along with Josh Allen. Uh, they grew together. And I, everything is pointing up. I can't see a reason that year number four won't just be everything coming together and, and being perfect. Um, and, and I think that if you take a look at last year, 13 and three should have been 14 and two A fluke plays. The reason we're not 14 and two and those two losses came back to back when we were weeks where games were postponed. So it wasn't even a, a typical situation. So, I mean, not to be nitpicky, but if you, you have, sh- 14 should should be wins, and then you have two wins that were kind of, you know, anomalies. I have reason to feel good. Then you go to the AFC Championship. Obviously, you run into a juggernaut, but I think this year we, we should be the juggernaut, and I think that everybody coming back together for, um, you know, with another year of development, you have 21 out of 22 remaining, you know, returning starters, and then the other one is a Super Bowl champion. Uh, who, who comes in, I, I, I see no reason we can't win 15 to 16 games and, and win the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, it kind of feels that way, you know, and, and I don't think that the Bills by any means uh, after this year are going to sort of start a, a downward slide, but I feel like in terms of the roster – there could be some turnover on the roster, you know, like Levi Wallace. He's on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is on a one-year deal. If you were to get Ertz, Ertz would be on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, this is probably Addison's last year with the team, Butler's last year with the team, maybe Harrison Phillips last year with the team. I know everyone likes him, but he hasn't played that well. You know what I mean? So there could be – and it would still be an upward projection. So in a way, yeah, it does feel like this is kind of like the – the last hurrah with like this, you know, total roster. You know what I mean? Like it just feels that way. The one cool thing about the roster is that the core is all young. They're all under contract and they're all trending upwards. You know, you, you got the Josh Allens, the Stefan Diggs, the Tremaine Edmonds, the, you know, uh, obviously you got your defensive line, Ed Oliver, Boogie Basham, uh, Greg Rousseau. Uh, even Matt Milano is now under contract. Jordan Poyer, Michael Hyde are under contract. Tredavious White are under contract. And all those guys are trending upward. So even though, you know, it could be some guys last, last, uh, last year on the team, I feel like all those other pieces are, I don't, don't want to say, you know, expendable, but they are. You know what I mean? And if you bring in, you know, equal talent or even possibly better talent, some guys who, you know, if you if you're so good at noticing raw talent that can be developed, I have no reason to see why that trend can't also continue going forward in the future. So, uh, yeah, I, I, although this year feels like the culmination for this particular roster, I think that the core is very strong moving forward as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I did a podcast on that a couple of years ago about, you know, being sort of, you know, drafting this young core and kind of staggering 
the veteran contracts that he had surrounding the young core so that like every time one of the young guys was up, like a veteran contract was falling off, you know, and it's right. kind of staggered in this way. And then all of a sudden you've got this core, you know, what, 12 guys, whatever it is, uh, you know, who are your, your main guys. And then you've got to surround them with, with now young guys who you're drafting and developing into the future. So I, I agree with you hundred percent about that. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. I, I had a blast. This was really fun. <laughs> yeah. So t- tell all the listeners where they can find you, uh, your work, all that stuff, uh, you know, the built in Buffalo. Absolutely. Um, I, I have a podcast called the windshield factor. It, it drops every single Tuesday. Um, I also have a ton of videos up on the built in Buffalo YouTube page. Uh, the last video is actually a tribute to Stevie Johnson uh, called Why So Serious. It's one of my favorite ones so far. I literally went back, watched The Dark Knight and took like quotes from the Joker, each scene of the, you know, the Joker and put them in the video. So I worked really hard on it. <laughs> um, That's cool. But, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on, Charlie. This is super fun. Although we were supposed to have more people, but uh, it was still pretty cool. Just one on one. Yeah, man. Hey, it is. It is what it is. If if they they couldn't come on, that's fine. They they missed out on a a fun time and try to get them on another time. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely, man. No problem. I would like to give my sincere thanks to Justice for coming on the podcast today. I hope you will check out his work. He does work for us on the YouTube channel. He has his own podcast. He's all over the place in the Built in Buffalo family. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. This is the Halftime Adjustments podcast. If you like what you hear from our podcast network, I hope you'll consider giving us a rating, uh, review, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, and check out our YouTube channel. A lot of good stuff going on on the YouTube channel as well. That said, I must leave you with my weekly reminder, and that is, of course, Bill's Mafia. Find a way to embrace your growth mindset, and as always, trust the process.